Hey guys, this is Kyle Porter, uh, back on, again, not the Pistols Firing Podcast, but uh, a, a, a separate audio feed. We're going to, like I said, we're going to start doing more of these um, in 2019, just kind of these quick hits, and more more breaking news out of Stillwater today. Uh, Contravius Jones, Maurice Kalu, and Michael Weathers were uh, released from the Oklahoma State team. I guess a better way to say that would be kicked off the team. And Oklahoma State's down to nine players, eight scholarship guys. Uh, as Marshall Scott, who's on the line with me, pointed out, they can't even play five-on-five five in practice, which is uh, problematic because they now have as many coaches on the team as they have scholarship players. Marshall, what was uh, what was the mood like in Stillwater today? You're currently uh, in Gallagher-Iba. What's it like up there? Uh, yeah, it was a little somber. Um, Boynton said in his meetings he's not a very emotional person. He said he didn't get too emotional. Uh, but there's definitely it wasn't your normal, you know, getting ready to go play Iowa State availability to say the least. Yeah, it's not great. And it, did did you get a sense of? I mean, the the big thing for me in all this, and and this is something that I was going to write about after the Mike Cunningham thing, is that Boynton had as good as he's or as well as he's recruited, he's had trouble keeping guys on the team. And and I wrote about. Uh, I wrote a long piece about this for the site, but there there have been um, there have been a lot of guys that have been kicked off six total in the last two years. Now some of those guys he didn't recruit, some of those guys he was not the head coach when they committed, uh, and so I think that caveat needs to be represented. But what did he say about uh, just kind of that notion of like recruiting is not only getting talent, but it's also getting guys that you can you can keep on the team. Yeah, he he you know he was asked directly if there's any extra thought that goes into the character, maybe of the guys he recruits. And he's pretty honest. You know, he said, it's, you, you ask the questions you can, but you, there's no way to know everything about an athlete when you're recruiting. And it's just impossible, especially with the number of guys that Boynton recruits. So I don't know, maybe in the coming years, maybe a thing he learns from that is maybe don't recruit such a vast variety of kids like he does uh, now. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to get into the little nicks and crannies of personalities whenever, you know, you're coaching a team and then, on the weekend you're traveling to visit these kids it's really hard yeah and i, th- I think I, I think he gets a little bit of a pass on on some of these i mean it, you know uh, obviously he didn't recruit devon dillard zach dawson uh he was not the head coach brad underwood was the head coach then um and so i'm not trying to make excuses here but i do think there's a little bit of nuance but what it does i think and i don't know if he spoke to this at all but what it does is it creates a, a very critical year three in which these guys, these four guys that you're bringing in, not only do they need to perform, but they just they need to stay eligible. They need to stay on the team. And and, and did he did he talk about that at all when you were up there? Um, not too much about the guys coming in, uh, but I would agree to that that you know this is especially with how hyped up this class has been. This is a big deal that these guys you know stay out of trouble and are able to produce on the basketball court. What's OSU going to do this year? Do you have any eligibility left? Um, I think I think I could do the Whedon rule and just show up. Uh, but <laughs> they just from sitting in, I come to like a practice week. From sitting in, they do a lot of drills that involve you know five on five as basketball is played. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Uh, Boynton said today, you know, he keeps himself in shape, so maybe he gets out there a little more. Uh, he said that Scott Sutton's known to hit a jumper or two back in his day, so maybe he gets <laughs> out there and helps a little bit. But it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, I wrote a thing on the side earlier, and I think the versatility of Lindy Waters, I think Lindy Waters is probably the most important piece to this team right now just because he can play the one through five. Uh, 
Yorinay has been in a lot of foul trouble throughout the season, so that's going to shift uh, Cam McGriff over to center whenever he gets in foul trouble, and then Lindy Waters probably going to have to play the four. And then anytime Isaac Likely needs a breather, there's not a point guard behind him in, anymore. So it's maybe Curtis Jones, but it looks like Lindy would probably have to slide in there too. I mean, it, it's, it doesn't sound that bad. You're like, oh, you've got nine guys. You got, you know, four four sub. <laughs> well, it does sound bad, but it 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 sounds it honestly sounds like a like a, a Colvin Center team, like four subs coming off the bench. But the problem is that three of those guys are Luke Majors, who's a walk on, uh, Trey Reeves, who was a walk on, and uh, Duncan Demuth, who I don't know. I mean, he's a freshman. He he looks like half the time he doesn't know what's going on. And so now if your gets in foul trouble, which happens every game, you've basically got five rotation guys that you that you trust, that you feel comfortable with. I mean, this is this is gonna be crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, Mark Cooper of the Tulsa World pointed out earlier while we were talking about it. I think he said that Syracuse made a sweet sixteen run with a six man rotation last year. So I don't know how many of that in that rotation were freshmen, but it, it at least have to be two if this team wants to even make a big twelve tournament run. So yeah, it is. It is not looking ideal. Boynton said today that uh, the the only rule is that if he got to start with five, so <laughs> if he's got five that he could start with. You know, uh, that even allows for a couple injuries. But uh, got to start with five, and maybe there's a was it A and M maybe last season that had to play a half with like three people on yeah, the court. Yeah, yeah. So I hope that that doesn't have to come to fruition. <laughs> but I guess it's an option. Have they, you've covered all the games. Have they had any games? I can't remember a game this year where they fouled out uh, more than two guy, two or three guys. Have they have, have they had a game where they fouled out four or five? I don't think they've reached that yet. I, I don't think so. I think the the OU game was probably they can't afford another game like that to say the least. Because that OU game. Uh, even Lindy Waters had like three fouls in the first half and he had to sit for a good chunk of the second. So yeah, they, they really need to stay out of foul trouble, something they haven't done a great job of doing this year. Yeah. And I think at the outset, you kind of look at these pieces and you're like, well, okay. Contravious Jones is a project. Uh, Maurice Kalu is, you know, he was fine at times. He's not like a, you know, an elite piece on a great big 12 team. And, and, and Weathers is a, is a legit piece. Like he, he's, he's pretty solid. But the but the problem is not necessarily that they're losing pieces; it's, the, it's that they're losing bodies, guys that were ahead of these, you know, bottom two or three now on the roster. And I just, I mean, it's going to be a, a very strange rest of the season. I was looking at the I was looking at the roster on OKState.com earlier, and it's it looks like they like forgot to insert guys. Like it, it I've never seen a roster that I've never seen a like a. A, uh, spread, a spreadsheet essentially is what it is that small on a basketball team. It's, cr- it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. It looks like um, whenever schedules are first in like the early stages, whenever they just have the non-con <laughs> games there, it looks, that's kind of what it looks like. It looks like this is their non-con roster that they have going right now. Uh, it really does. How, how much does this change your prediction that Oklahoma state will finish uh, out of the, the seller of the big 12? Do you think, do you think it changes that now? Um, it it definitely has a possibility. West Virginia has looked terrible. They still have yet to pick up a, a Big 12 win. And at this point, I don't really know who, who they're going to beat. They're probably going to be favored against OSU here in GIA. But apart from that, OSU already has two wins. So, yeah, I, the only thing I could think right now at this point would be West Virginia. Because now Baylor's already beaten OSU in Gallagher-Iba, so you'd probably back them again to beat them in Waco. So it doesn't look like Baylor's going to be that team. But maybe West Virginia? 
Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's somebody. I'm I'm really intrigued by um, how how much. What are your thoughts? I I kind of laid my thoughts out there and in, in uh, on the side in my piece. But what are your thoughts in terms of um, you know setting a standard uh, and, and versus like. I don't know. It feels weird to criticize having really high standards. And that's not necessarily, that's not really what I'm criticizing. I'm more criticizing Boynton for not being able to bring in guys that can meet that standard. Is that how much of that is on him and how much of it is just bad luck in terms of not being able to control every minute of a college athlete's life? Yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I don't, I'm not ready to critique him too much on it. Uh, it, it is a bit of bad luck and there's that old saying that one uh, rotten apple spoiled the whole bunch so maybe it was just a I don't know like a peer pressure situation Boynton said that the incident that they got in trouble for like it was all three of them together they weren't uh, different things that they yeah. got kicked off the team for so maybe yeah. it was just kind of hey you want to do this yeah and that, and then they're, they're their only friends so maybe him ridding the team of that helps in the long run I guess Boynton has said with all of his suspensions this year and with uh, the Cunningham dismissal that, you know, his vision for this program uh, is far beyond winning at Iowa state on Saturday. So, so I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's still a kind of a wait and see process, but you can definitely, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody for looking down that rabbit hole because it's, it's what it looks like right now. Yeah. And I totally get that. And that's the thing that, you know, I, I know that Mike Holder loves hearing that and it's, and it's the right thing. Like I, I commend him for doing the right thing, even if it hurts him in the short term. I, I think my issue is more with like, who are you bringing in the, in the front door, you know? And, and I, I just, I think that I, I already thought year three was critical and I think it, this makes it even more so because, because like we said earlier, you got to have guys that n- stay eligible, perform. You got to have some kind of rhythm and momentum. You can't ju- like their turnover rate, not, not on the court, but off the court with, <laughs> with players and, and with their roster is just, it's too high. I mean, you just, you can't create a, you, you can't, you can't build for the long term like he wants to with that kind of turnover rate on your roster yeah i really thought that uh this year's freshman class not the one upcoming but this year's was going to be great for Boynton's program in the long run because they're guys that you know weren't going to leave to the nba after a couple years you know these were guys that were going to be role players for the good next four years so having clue gone and having contravious jones gone those are two guys that it looked like they were going to be here for four years and now they're not. It does open up uh, the door for Boynton to do what he does best, which is go recruit some more. Uh, I, I don't know how much he talked about that, but I'm I'm interested to see. The, the problem is it opens up the door for him kind of late in the in the cycle. Like I, I, I mean, I know there are still a ton of guys available, but you almost get into what you got into last year, which is getting guys like Jones and Kalu late. There's a reason that they were that late of commits, I think. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how he fills that up or whether he goes the transfer route or, or, uh, whatever. But, um, I mean, we're going to see a completely different squad next year in, in Gallagher, other than, you know, you've got your pieces, you've got likely and waters and McGriff and, and Curtis Jones, but everything else is going to be Thomas Zagua. Don't forget Thomas Zagua. And, and Dizzy. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> everything else is going to be pretty new. 
Uh, yeah, he said um, we talked to him after the first initial group signed, and uh, I think Nathan Rees asked him, you know, uh, do you leave feelers out for guys that, you know, in the late signing period? And uh, Boynton's answer to that was, I recruit every single day. So <laughs> I, I think uh, guys who are still available um, know that that Boynton has spots on his roster now, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I'll let you get back at it. Uh, thanks for joining us, Marshall, and uh, keep up the great work on the site. Uh, you guys can read all of his hoop stuff and football and everything else we've got him doing, and uh, don't dunk on anybody at GIA. No, no promises on that one. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you later. All right, see you. See you.